the feeling that I get from the students just learning new things, experiencing new things, um, is just the most wonderful feeling. So peace and positivity today, you guys. It's your guy Carter with quite an extraordinary person here today. The CNR reporter doesn't have much going on. Uh, remember that you can vote for the CNR Outstanding Teacher Awards. They are due this Friday. And remember that exams are coming up next week. So are you feeling in the holiday spirit today, Dr. Patrillo? Uh, I think you can ask me that after final exams are finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been in teaching at Stevens Point for? Uh, this is my 15th year. 15, that's a lot of years. Yeah, I started fall 2006. Yeah, it seems like a really long time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, made, what made you want to come to Stevens Point? How did you end up here? Well, I was in school as a graduate student and teaching at University of Michigan. And that was, I think there, well, I should say, I guess at the end of my undergrad years, um, I heard about Stevens Point primarily through the Menominee um, and the work that Men the Menominee Tribal Enterprises does. That was, a, I mean, that's a, a big deal in forestry everywhere. So I heard about Stevens Point and the Menominee at the end of my undergrad, but then once I was at University of Michigan, um, the name UWSP just kept coming up uh, more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And I just got really lucky that towards the end of my graduate work uh, position opened. And I remember very clearly the day that my advisor walked into my office, he had printed the job announcement and he walked into my office and he said, I know you're burned out and don't really want a job right now, but you need to apply for this job. Mm -hmm. It was written for you. And I guess it was so. So what was your what was your um, area of study in like your graduate uh, programs? It was focused on forest ecology and forest entomology and pathology. So I, I was primarily studying beach bark disease, uh, which is a deadly disease of American beach found all through the eastern and midwestern part of the U.S. Um, so that was my kind of focal study, but I did a lot of other things related to northern hardwood forests, worked with a lot of forest, on, forest service on, on other related projects. Um, I mean, my kind of passion was entomology. I really was excited about insects and mm -hmm but the interactions part, so that eco ecological part. Um, but when you're studying that, you're kind of studying forest health as a whole. You know, you kind of get, and I'm a big picture kind of person too. So when when you're doing one thing, you're, you're always doing other things too, connected yeah. to a lot of other related topics. So would you consider yourself more of a, like an ecologist or would you consider yourself uh, like a forest pathologist? Good question. I think that in terms of my, I, I would, I would say I'm more of a forest entomologist. Okay. And I try really hard to be a forest pathologist, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm not as good as, as others, um, since that wasn't kind of the primary part of my, my work. And I, I have a lot of training in, the, in forest ecology I, I guess I would 
I'm marginally a forest ecologist, but I, mm -hmm. I think my the area I feel most comfortable in is entomology for sure. And sort of the, I, I would say that, let's see, um, entomology and the way that, you know, I know a lot about specific insects and groups, but their kind of interactions with the, their environment there, you know, so that would maybe be a little bit more insect ecology than forest ecology, but mm -hmm. they're all linked. Yeah, for sure. So what classes do you get to teach here at Stevens Point? Uh, my main courses that, that kind of that I was hired to teach are forest entomology, that's a fall course, forest pathology, that's a spring course. Um, those, so those are the, the main ones. I teach um, dendrology lab mm -hmm. in fall, one of my favorite courses to teach. And I teach NRES 150 for non-CNR majors. So it's mm -hmm. a uh, really big um, lecture only course. Well, a lot of CNR majors get in there too, but it's, it's primarily non-CNR majors, a gen ed course. Mm -hmm. um, I sometimes teach international resource management. That's NRES 323, although I'm not currently teaching that course. I'd really like to, but mm -hmm. I'm not. Um, and then I guess a big one, I teach the course to Kenya every summer. Except oh yes for those summer. of you who don't know I, holly and i went to kenya together and that was a lot of fun she i highly recommend it and encourage you guys to apply when it's not COVID times during the summer <laughs> definitely yeah i'm missing that a lot but looking forward to the next time that we can go for sure um so with that being said what led you to your career choice like did you know that you always wanted to work with like insects or like ecology and trees and stuff like that I don't know if I always knew. I feel like I've had a lot of opportunities that have kind of led me to where I am now. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I, I found forestry first um, as a as a high school student. Um, I grew up in big city. I grew up in Philadelphia and South Philadelphia, but okay. um, I had some really inspiring science teachers and one in particular that led me to in, in to being interested in forestry, kind of the more applied side of environmental science, I guess I would say, you know, m most of my science background in high school was environmental science related, but mm -hmm. I wanted to do, I wanted to work outside and, and on the applied side of things, not in, in the, not the chemical side of environmental science, but the ecology side, I guess. And so that's where I found forestry. And then, yeah, I found within that, um, I had an amazing opportunity to do some insect ecology work as an undergrad um, with a mentor, with a PhD student at the time. And that got me really into insects. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, after that, it was just, the, after that, I knew for sure I wanted to go into entomology. And my advisor also, uh, he, was a, he was a forest entomologist, but he also had um, gone into the Peace Corps in mm -hmm. Ghana and West Africa in the late 60s, which I always like to think about like how, what it was like to be a Peace Corps volunteer back then when there was mm -hmm. like no communication with the world, you know? But anyway, um, 
so he got me really interested in doing international work. And so that's kind of, I feel like those two things, my experience working with insects as an undergrad, and then my experience working with my advisor, eventually I went to Ghana with him and um, was there for multiple times with him. Those two things led me to kind of where I am today with the kind of entomology side and forestry side, but also the international work as well. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning of your undergrad, did you think that you were going to become a teacher or work in like academia at all or like become a professor? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I didn't know at first. I was, I think if you had asked me this, you know, my freshman year of college, I would have just, I, I was not comfortable in front of a crowd, you know, mm -hmm. really just shy generally um, and hated speaking. You know, mm -hmm. my COM 101 class was awful having to give speeches. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just definitely not something I was comfortable with. But so um, actually my first job uh, as an undergrad, so the summer after my freshman year, mm -hmm. I got a job doing breeding bird surveys. I knew nothing about birds. I didn't know you know, a robin's call from a crow call. Like I didn't know anything yeah. about birds, but I just got this job because my one of my instructors needed a field assistant and I had good grades and I was excited. And he was mm -hmm. like, okay, here you go. And he gave me the opportunity. And um, so I learned a lot about birds and I realized that while birds are very cool, I'm not a bird person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there's just a lot of, uh, well, you know this, um, yeah. you know, some people are crazy about birds and yep. uh, I didn't fit in with that. But anyway, I learned a lot about birds and I could just, I knew all the bird calls mm -hmm. um, because that's what I did all summer. <laughs> and so um, that next fall, one of my wildlife professor said, I need someone to help me teach two of my field bird identification labs. Will you do that? And I, I, I would have probably said no, because I was nervous about teaching people and it was a graduate level course. So I was, I don't oh know, gosh. 20 and uh -huh. you know, like teaching a lot older students, um, but I knew my birds. And so I was like, okay, I can walk around and teach people how to identify birds. Like if, mm -hmm. if nothing else, that's what I can do. Mm -hmm. And so that experience was so transformative for me because I just gained a lot of confidence. I realized that I loved teaching, even though I never would have dreamed of being a teacher and never, I don't know if I ever would have found it if I didn't have that experience. Cause I never would have kind of willingly put myself in that situation but she asked and I did it and I loved it mm -hmm. um and so after that it was it was just there was no looking back and it right. was kind of crazy because I then I was like oh man now I have to get my PhD and I'm <laughs> you know it was just sort of this realization that okay and I'm, I'm in this for the long haul and mm -hmm. um but I think for me I was really fortunate to find what I wanted to do so early and I just went for it and so um, that's part of the reason why I was able to get everything done kind of quickly because I realized mm -hmm. I, I knew where I wanted to be and um, so just kind of kept on going until I finished. Based on those experiences that you've shared like for forestry specifically like how would you recommend people getting involved um, like does it always have to be with like forestry 
type related classes or like experiences like you had just mentioned like how do you how would you recommend students to become more involved and make themselves like more hireable sure i think getting field experience whether it's formal or informal is the best way for sure um i mean and that could be something where you go out with someone that is working, you know, a DNR forester, or, I mean, I've taken a lot of students out in my time here Mm -hmm. just to do field surveys or to go out on a call for, you know, to diagnose oak wilt or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Many of us are really willing to go out with students, but I know a lot of the, the folks that I work with absolutely are um, I, I mostly work with the DNR forest health staff, okay. um, that those are my primary contacts and they have taken out students multiple times that I've recommended. Um, so it doesn't have to be a, a whole summer job even, you know, I, but I feel like if, if students could go out on a, you know, a, a for a day even to mm-hmm. say, you know, what does this person do? You know, like what what would this job entail? Um, I know a lot of our local staff are super willing to do that. Just to get just to give students an idea of would I even like to do this for a whole summer, let alone, you know, a a career. Mm -hmm. Um, I think experience is the number one thing. You know, I, I our program is very well known, not just in forestry, but you know, Mm -hmm. all the CNR programs are extremely well known. And I think that gives the students an advantage right away. But if they can say they have field experience, um, I mean, they need to work during the summer uh, in the field. But, Mm -hmm. but even just again, if they're not sure where to even start to just Mm -hmm. say, can I go out with you for an afternoon or a day? you know, I guess maybe right now with COVID times, it's not as possible, but um, like I said, I think students shouldn't be shy about asking to shadow mm-hmm. or even just a, you know, can I, I had a student actually this morning say that they just had last, last week, they had an hour long conversation with one of our DNR foresters um, just to get a feel for what they do. So I know it's hard sometimes to reach out and to ask, Mm -hmm. but I think people are super willing to connect with students and actually really like it, you Mm -hmm. know, and so students shouldn't be shy about that at all. So you talked about um, kind of narrowing down uh, career paths, you know, to like students want to go out for an afternoon just to just to know what they like and what they don't like. What are the options in kind of your discipline of like this forest ecology and health um like what are what kind of jobs could students find or go into sure i mean apart from the more traditional management kind of Mm -hmm. marking world there's a a a huge world in ecological restoration i think Mm -hmm. a lot of our students are very ecologically managed or minded and they mm-hmm. are more interested you know there, there's definitely a select group of students that are interested in the um, industry side of things mm-hmm. but I think there's more students interested in the non-industrial side mm-hmm. of forestry and more the yeah restoration type work mm-hmm. and that has 
I guess there's a lot of private sector jobs there in addition to Mm -hmm. um, state and federal jobs, but there's more creative opportunities, I would Mm -hmm. say, in the the private sector where, you know, even former students have have started their own consulting um, consulting firm. And I think working for small private entities can give students a lot more insight in Mm -hmm in the field compared to, you know, for example, working for an agency where you may not have as many opportunities, you may be doing like one or a couple of things, you know, whereas if you're working for an environmental engineering firm, for example, and they have a handful of employees and you're probably doing a lot of different stuff and seeing, you know, you might even be able to see the, the, inner workings of the organization, you know, whereas you're not going to get that with a larger um, organization. So I think a lot of students go for the, you know, public side of things in terms of, you know, look at the DNR, Forest Service, not that those are bad things, but there is this whole other private sector world, consulting world within forestry that I think once students find it, they're really uh, intrigued by it and know that find out there's a lot of opportunities there too. Mm -hmm. Is there a lot of research that goes on in this field? Like if people who are involved in that kind of stuff, like would research be a good um, first step to see what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's yeah, I guess tons, <laughs> tons of research. And a lot of the forestry faculty are involved in, in research. Um, I haven't been doing as much since I started going to Kenya every summer. And of course, I have a farm too. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my work, my recent uh, research has actually been uh, more on the restoration side of things than on the um insect side of things just because it fits better with what I do on my farm Mm -hmm. but um but yeah a lot of faculty are are very involved really like to have undergrads helping Mm -hmm. and it doesn't it's definitely not something that you have to know anything about really to get Mm -hmm. involved you just you know if there's some topic you're interested in contacting the instructor you know I have students that come to me and I've done I've worked with undergrads even if I don't have anything going on, I'm happy to help develop a project with them. Mm-hmm. What are um, some of the, which professors are kind of doing uh, what? Do you kind of have like a, like a rough estimate of like who's doing what for like what people could get involved in if they wanted to? Sure. Um, I would say, well, Dr. Demchik is doing a ton of research all the mm-hmm. time. Um and he's a little bit more on the ecology, silviculture side of things, but he does, he's been doing some pathology work actually, um, as well, looking at the efficacy of some um, newer chemicals and biocontrol for heterobacidian root disease. So he's been, um, he's, he does a lot of different stuff. He does hazelnut work and all kinds of things. So yeah, and he almost always has student employment in the summer. So if, I mean, if you really wanna get involved, I'd say Demchik is is a really good one to contact. But Dr. Howard does a lot of research as well. 
he's more in the urban and community forestry side of things. Um, but he always works with undergrad students and research. Um, and like I said, I think even if you're, if you have an idea or you don't have an idea, but you want to create your own thing, I think mm -hmm. most of us are willing to do that too. So it doesn't have to be something we're already doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I know Dr. Timolcina also does uh, quite a bit of research. He's more on the, um, I don't know exactly what his current research is. He does a lot of modeling, a lot of computer-based work. Um, so, and, and that's a really big part of where things are going with mm -hmm. certain fields of forestry. So um, I'm trying to think. Dr. Cook always has undergrad students working on restoration projects. Mm -hmm. I don't want to leave anybody out. I know Dr. Anderson McIntyre has done some work on the restoration, or sorry, recreation side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and she's great to work with. So yeah, I think almost any of us are excited to work with undergrads and it just kind of depends on students' individual interests and who they should right. be connected with. But mm -hmm. research is a really good way to get involved for sure. And I think employers, you know, employers are looking for field skills, but they're, you know, research is a really uh, valuable skill mm -hmm. to have as, as well, absolutely. And so I always ask this at the end of all of my interviews, um, what is something that, like, what's like a big pet peeve of yours in your, in your job field or like uh, in your day-to-day -day life that you have? Like, what's something that really, you know, like grinds your gears or like just makes you upset? <laughs> Good question. Um, I, I could say one of the things that comes to mind, you know, as an entomologist, I appreciate the diversity of insects and all of the benefits that insects provide for people. And it does drive me nuts that, you know, there's one or two or there's a handful of insects or, I mean, you could talk about diseases too. There's just a handful that get all the attention, right? That makes people think that all insects are awful. They're everything that is on your tree is going to kill it, you know? And um, I, I, try really hard to spread the word about all the benefits and positive things that insects do. And even for in my classes, um, you know, we talk about control, control, control. And I always tell my students, you know, about, I, I really focus on plant health and tree health and how healthy plants can resist a lot of insect and disease pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I want my students, you know, to go out in the world and, and talk about how to take care of a tree or trees mm -hmm. and how to keep them healthy. And they will naturally then be able to resist a lot of things, certainly not everything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, I, I'd say one thing in my field is just that, that feeling that everything is an emerald ash borer, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's going to kill your tree and, um, and that's all that people see. Mm -hmm. So. And then what would you, what would you consider like the best thing about your job or like what, what makes you just jump up and be so excited and get ready to go to work every day? I, I think the students, absolutely. I mean, if, if I didn't enjoy the student interaction 
and the feeling that I get when students succeed, then I wouldn't really be in academia, right? I'd be mm -hmm. working on my own, I guess. Um, I think that the students that really want to learn, and I don't know, the feeling, I get this on campus and I get this when we're in Kenya. I'm glad to be able to help with that. So thank you so much for tuning in today. That was extremely helpful. And if you guys have any questions, you should reach out to Dr. Petrillo and you can find her email on the CNR website. So unfortunately, this is the last podcast of this semester. So we will start again sometime in January when the new semester starts uh, and it's in full effect. So until then, study hard and ace those exams. See you next semester.